Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Well, let's get started. Welcome in. It is the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. And I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. And neither Zach nor myself predicted that the Broncos would lose this game on the special day that it was for not only Mike Shanahan, but Steve Atwater, but specifically the, the Mike Shanahan thing. And not only did the Broncos lose this game, I mean, it's still going. There's 30-some-odd seconds left in garbage time. But not only did they lose this game, they got straight embarrassed. Zach? Season's over, Chad. I don't think that's hyperbole to say. We we said on uh, Wednesday's podcast, I believe, if you allow a team that just lost its head coach in disgrace come into your building after you're coming off two straight embarrassing losses and lose this game with the momentum of the early season, if not the entire season on the line, then the season is over. How do you recover from this, Chad? I'm not trying to overreact. It's one thing to lose to Rich Basaccia. It's another thing to get absolutely trounced by him in a game you had to have so one thing we learned is the Broncos are better than the Jacksonville Jaguars the New York Giants and the New York Jets but who they're not better are the Baltimore Ravens the Pittsburgh Steelers and now the Las Vegas Raiders the coaching staff needs to be blown up this team needs massive wholesale changes starting at the most upper levels George Payton has a lot of work on his hands to recover what was a promising season to start but the Broncos have proven their frauds led by frauds. Once again, Vic Fangio showed he has no business being a head coach. Pat Shermer has no business being an offensive coordinator. He's in the booth looking apathetic completely. Vic Fangio is doing this on the sideline. There's no passion. There's no fire. The players quit on Vic Fangio today. Justin Simmons was having words with the coaching staff, according to the CBS broadcast. And Simmons has been terrible this year, but I don't blame him one bit. The players should quit on the coaching staff because the coach do nothing to enable the Broncos winning. All they have is a culture of losing, and they continue to feed into that. And it starts with Vic Fangio. As you and I were discussing right before we went live, heads got to roll. Heads got to roll. But will they roll? The Broncos have a plausible excuse why now's not the time. They've got a short turnaround. Cleveland Browns on Thursday night football. Their one and only primetime game of the week. And for what it's worth, uh, we keep losing uh, video on Zach. It's just so brief. It's like I don't know why it keeps know. happening. I'll look we'll, into that after the podcast. We'll figure it out. But I'll the, be okay. the the audio I've noticed stays good. So let's not agonize too much over it tonight. But um, they got plausible, not deniability, but a plausible excuse why now's not the time. But Zach, they need to shake it up. 
I mean, this team just is not getting its dander up for the coaching staff. The X's and O's obviously are leaving a lot to be desired. The execution, the energy, the focus, the intensity, the accountability. There's, It's all very limp right now. And if George Payton doesn't step in and do something, I mean, you could be this could this could be a team that ultimately angles toward the number one overall pick. I mean, it's it's that bad. I mean, the light has gone out of these guys' eyes, and that's terrifying. And this is something Zach we talked about uh, after last week. Pardon me, after uh, Drew Locke came in for a concussed Teddy Bridgewater two games ago, and we said, look, the biggest thing that the players have to guard against is falling prey and succumbing to the here we go again thought process mentality, whatever you want to call it, mindset. And not only did they fall prey to it, I mean, they have been completely consumed by it at the first sign of uh, attrition, the first sign of anything not going perfectly according to plan. This team curls up and dies. And that, unfortunately, points to your coaching staff. There's This, this is a team that, look, the lights are on. Nobody's home. <laughs> Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because Tick Pick, that's T I C K. P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets. TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. You mentioned limp. The Broncos need industrial size versions of blue chew, Chad. They're that impotent all across the board from the coaching to the play on the field. No passion, no fight to allow your hated rival to come into your building coming off two horrible losses to the Ravens and the Steelers. They're also in a two game losing streak. They lost their head coach and for the secondary to continue blowing coverages, the run defense looking lackadaisical. I mean, the players having no fight and now getting into it uh, with the coaching staff, Teddy Bridgewater's throwing his tablet on the sideline the wheels are not coming off the wheels are off but they are frauds they are jokes and to your point about not firing them now you, you can delay it one week you can delay it six weeks it's inevitable at this point that Vic Fangio has to go his minions Pat Shermer and Tom McMahon have to go they need a younger brighter forward-thinking mind in the building what is Vic Fangio doing with his challenges who is advising him? How can one head coach have such bad situational awareness? I did not think the Broncos could downgrade on Vance Joseph, but by God, they proved me wrong, Chad. And guess what? Vance Joseph was the head coach of the Cardinals today because Cliff, because Cliff Kingsbury was on the CV list. Guess what? They had a resounding victory over the next team the Broncos are going to face, the Cleveland Browns. Vance Joseph could do it on short notice, but Vic Fangio can't do it with the season on the line. He is a fraud. He is a sham. He deserves his pink slip. He's in over his head, boys and girls. Very much so. Let's grab a couple supers real quick, starting with longtime super chat superstar, community maven, one of our dudes, Chris Hernandez, always a symbolic 
super chat on game day. 24 points. He says, stop me if you've heard this one before. Outcoached by an interim. Outplayed, poor planning, execution, and discipline. Yeah, it's palpable. That's the other thing, Zach. And in fact, if I'm remembering right on what you wrote in the uh, Mile High Roundtable, you said, look, good teams capitalize on an opponent that is going through such turmoil as the Raiders. Broncos, there's, I mean, the stars are aligned for them to get a win. Maybe not a beautiful cruising win. Maybe this isn't a multi-score margin like the first three weeks, but the, the, the stars were there. They were aligned. No, Broncos can't do it. If the expectation is here, it doesn't matter where you set the bar. In the heart of Broncos fans, the, the, the bar is always high. This we know. For Fangio and his staff, it doesn't matter where you set the bar. They're going to come up well short because Vic Fangio is the walking exemplification of the Peter principle, a man who has been promoted to the level of his own incompetence. Time for George Payton to recognize that. Realize, hey, look, John Elway, Joe Ellis, I know you wanted to give it the old college try. You were of the belief that 2019 had some weird peccadillos with the Flacco injury and the lot coming in late. 2020, throw that out the window. It was an outlier. You can't really, you know, analyze anything from that season. Let's go ahead and give Fangio a try one more time. That is proving in retrospect to have been a pretty big mistake if 2021 was meant to mean anything for this team, you know, in the final analysis. How about going with Teddy Bridgewater? Now after a 3-0 start when the offense has faced some quality opponents and some more resistance, Teddy has proven to look like what he's been his entire career, and that's a journeyman. You have to wonder, just figuratively, speculatively, how would the Broncos have fared with Drew Locke in the building? Where, in the meltdown that would have existed with Locke turning the ball over today like Teddy Bridgewater did, it would have gripped national headlines, Chad. All I can really say, though, in terms of the coaching... It's really sad. I feel bad that Mike Shanahan had to be on hand to witness that. I wish we can curse sometimes. I'll say crap because that was a crap show. That was the furthest, to use your word, exemplification of the Mike Shanahan era, as you will see. A team that just gave up in front of the hated Raiders. What were Mike Shanahan's last words in the pregame ceremony for him today? He goes, on a final note, let's beat the Raiders. If you can't rise to that challenge, if you're... Older, now retired, legendary, inducted coach can realize that, and your current coach has no wherewithal, no situational awareness, and no ability to motivate his players to play to a higher level. What are we waiting on? Why are they still waffling in Broncos country on Vic Fangio? Why are people still caping for him? Why aren't others opening their eyes to how bad this coaching has been? And I'll say it again, nothing will change with the Broncos until the coaching does. Point blank, period. Tom El Greco, thank you for the super chat. Let's catch up on a few here because the stream is hot and heavy today. Appreciate you, Tom, up in Canada. He says, time to put the pin back in the grenade on that uh, Teddy Bridgewater experiment. How about those challenges by Fangio? So embarrassed by this staff. Bring on Locke. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I mean, at this stage, what do you have to lose by continuing to, even if you're of the belief that Locke's not it, that he can't take you to the promised land and you know long term you're not sure yet there hasn't been enough quite enough uh opportunity to fully slam the book on that if if he were to never suit up again the team fans are always going to wonder what do you have to lose and this is the thing that we guarded against that we cautioned against when the decision was made and even before the decision was made Zach when it was a uh, close competition that 
you can always go to Teddy. You could always go to Teddy where it's not quite as easy the other way around. Real quick, Zach, from uh, Shulier as well. Uh, thank you for that, buddy. He says, fire everyone. You can't lose that bad on Mike Shanahan's day. Embarrassing. And then one last one here. Actually, two more real quick. Patriot text. Thank you, buddy. He says, fire the coaches. This team quit today. Yes, it did. And then Jesse, appreciate you, dog. Teddy, Shermer, and Fangio can go today now. Zach, your thoughts on the, is it time to go ahead and set Teddy down? And then if you do fire Fangio, who's, who's your interim head coach? I mean, what's the difference right now who the Broncos quarterback is? Pat Shermer has actually regressed from last year. I mean, it's sad that I'm screaming for a screen pass, and the only time I get it is on 3rd and 16 when the defense knows it's coming anyway. So if Locke were to be in there, or Brett Rippon were to be in there, or anyone for that matter, it wouldn't matter with Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer calling the shots. I don't think they sit Teddy down barring injury, and he's looking a little shaky, though. He's coming off a concussion. He got beat up a lot today, brutalized. He was gimpy. Uh, he'll probably play through it, but if he keeps taking these hard hits and the Broncos offensive line keeps rolling over, and by the way, is it now uh, safe to press the panic button on Garrett Bowles and maybe wonder whether that 2020 was a one-year outlier, after, and especially yeah. after getting the big contract? But it's not going to matter who's a quarterback. In terms of interim head coach, if I don't think they're going to fire Fangio. I do think George Payton will stick it out for the season, and he can say, well, they're still 3-3. Three and three. A lot of season left to go. The Chargers did lose today. The Broncos couldn't capitalize. I would go with Mike Munchak or Mike Shula. I would go with the guy who knows how to be a head coach and, and more than likely has more situational awareness and just common sense than Fangio on the sideline or Mike Shula because I want to see the offensive innovation, hopefully at quarterback or with, with the play calling. But maybe he's a little too young, a little too green to be the head coach. I think he would be an OC candidate if Pat Shermer would get fired. But that's Vic Fangio's boy. And it's an old boys kind of league, Chad. You know that is better is better than anyone else uh, that I know. So I think as long as Fangio's there, Shermer's going to be there. Maybe Tom McMahon will get his walking papers, but you know uh, we can't hold our breath on that either. It's going to be the year of the incumbents. And now, before that meant Teddy Bridgewater, or it, we thought it meant Drew Lott, but we know it's Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer. Now it means the incumbency of losing. Now it means the roll-over-and-die attitude. Now it means challenging plays that don't need to be challenged. It means giving up long touchdown passes in clutch situations. That is the new-age Broncos football, and that will not end until Vic Fangio is gone. It's the incumbency of despair. Let's put it that way. And if you guys are just joining us, welcome to those of you. We got almost 600 on YouTube with us live. We got another nearly 300 on Facebook. We're very grateful to have you guys. It's a Huddle Up podcast. I'm Chad Jensen. This is Zach Kelberman. Let's grab this super chat from Shane Daniels. Appreciate you, bro. He says, just sad. If I were Peyton, I'd clean house and force that uh, force lock to go in at quarterback to see what he has. If he busts, we get a top 10 pick next year to get his replacement. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. I mean, again, there you could sit and at this stage seeing – because the light leaving everybody's eyes, right? That was one of the things in the first three games as Teddy got out to a hot start and the Broncos were 3-0. and And you're thinking, all right, we're seeing that leadership on display. Broncos, yeah, they're handling subpar teams, but that's what a good team, a team with leadership, a team with wherewithal, a team with some metal, two Ts, all right? That's what they do. But suddenly that leadership, the, the returns are diminishing by the second. Today, man, I don't know <laughs> – Look, I wasn't in the stadium, all right? I was traveling home from a trip with my family. Uh, nothing Teddy Bridgewater could do, Zach, could forestall 
the Broncos from straight giving up, straight just curling up and dying early too. And you know what? The I, I think the the um, first touchdown, right? The Raiders scored on the opening possession. You're like, dang, dude, that's the first time they've scored in how many games on their opening possession a touchdown? Then the Broncos surprise you, and they come back and they get a touchdown. You think, all right, well, maybe this team has. But from there, Zach, 100% downhill. By the way, that was the first Broncos opening drive touchdown since December of 2019. So that spans the entire Vic Fangio era, Chad. There's a common denominator there, and it starts with Fangio uh, and, and the offense he likes to employ, which is to get the ball back for his defense up a field goal in the fourth quarter and hopefully close it out. And his defense never comes up clutch anyway. I don't really, you know, they did fall apart, but Teddy Bridgewater is not the one blowing coverages. And by the way, I want to hammer home the point again that Justin Simmons, he might have kind of did a Juwan James after getting his contract. He's looked bad with a capital bad. B this year, Chad. I mean, the safeties are always late, Kareem Jackson too. But when Caden Stearns and the Cowboys win on a CD Lamb touchdown, nice to see a winning team play for once. When Caden Stearns is your best safety, that's indicative of the poor play. So Teddy Bridgewater's not blowing coverages. Teddy Bridgewater's not the one calling plays. Teddy Bridgewater's not the one surrendering constant hits, constant pressure, constant sacks. There were, again, this feels like a bad loss in the lock era of last year, where it's not just the quarterback. There are multiple factors at play. But the common denominators of those factors are Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio. It's not getting any better. It's actually getting a lot worse. Smith Corona, it's great to have you with us, brother. Appreciate the super chat. He says, it's panic time for Noah Fant's career in Denver. Well, I mean, he had a day. I mean, this might be a career high for him. Nine receptions, uh, 97 yards, and a TD. You know, this is another classic case, just like last week, of a Pat Shermer overcorrection. Although, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, this is the last thing I'm going to try and criticize Pat Shermer for today. The unfortunate reality is so many of those stats for for Noah came in garbage time. And, you know, it's better than nothing, but like where was the execution when the game was still within reach? Where was the innovation? Where was the vision from your top offensive play caller or offensive coach and your play caller who's sitting up in the bird's eye can survey the entire field? Too little, too late. Dollar late, dollar short. I mean, pick your pick your one liner. You want to see innovative coaching, just, again, watch Kellen Moore take down the Patriots at Foxborough. I mean, that's just watch them play and then put on the Broncos tape. It looks like you're time-traveling back about 15 or 20 years. It's that bad. So it's really sad that, that Noah Fant got used, and the only way he was used, like you said, was mostly in garbage time and Pat Shermer overcompensating. But I'm actually just happy that he was being involved and he showed again what he can do, at least as a receiver. Still struggles in run blocking. He has that, you know, Pro Bowl talent. You got to just get him the football. I want to criticize one thing about Shermer that we haven't talked about yet, Chad. So you were going to get John Brown, the speedster, a package of plays. Where was John Brown today? Was he on the field one singular time? I don't recall seeing him. So Pat Shermer has wasted John Brown like he wasted David Moore, like he wasted K.J. Hamler. I, it, it, it's so unconscionably bad. What's going on in Dove Valley right now? Pat Shermer, for my money, is the most incompetent coordinator in recent history with the Denver Broncos. He blows past Mike McCoy, blows past Bill Musgrave. He makes Rich Scangarello look like Bill Walsh. For what it's worth, they did bring Brown out. I want to count two times. Might have been a little bit more than that. Of course, it was strictly as a decoy. Uh, I'm trying to remember. The first one was a run, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, he wasn't utilized. 
no doubt about it. Hey, Robot of Doom, appreciate you being with us on Twitch, my friend. He says, this was disgusting to see. I can't even stand this team anymore. Someone needs to go. ASAP, uh, ASAP like bye-bye, no returning on Monday. You know, here's the thing, Zach, on the whole notion of plausible, hey, it's a short week, you know, uh, we couldn't do anything, et cetera. Not that George Payton's going to address that. Like, George Payton's not going to come out unless he does fire somebody and comment on the coaching, uh, you know, job security of anybody. So that type of a comment would only come down the road, uh, you know, through an insider reporting that sources say, wow. et cetera, et cetera. Mark. Uh, Mark, thank you, buddy. Wow. You demand, brother. He says, this one is for John, a.k.a. Chucky. What's up, my guys? We just suck. It's that simple. Yeah, I mean, Chucky gets the last laugh today. That's another thing that is so, so frustrating. We just suck. It's that simple. The whole coaching staff needs to be gone. I'm done for this season. But how about them? Hashtag go dogs, go Braves. Yeah, he's living now off of uh, his his Georgia Bulldogs and his Atlanta Braves. But, Mark, dude, thank you so much for, for the super chat, bro. You know we love you. And, uh you know, here's the thing, Zach, then I'll serve this over to you. If you're going to fire anybody, I don't think Fangio gets fired yet. But if you're going to fire somebody and you can not only get away with it, but plausibly survive a short turnaround uh, week like that, it's your offensive coordinator because Mike Shula is as proven as a play caller in the league, if not more so than Pat Shermer, and knows the scheme like the back of his hand. He was his play caller for two years running this offense, calling this offense in New York. So I think if there is going to be a head that rolls, I would look at the OC first to forestall the wheels, like, you know, completely collapsing. I feel, I feel like they're off now, but in the eyes of the team, they're going, look, we're three and three, you know, we're still in the hunt in the AFC West. We have the the window, the, the opportunity to turn the ship around. That's the That's the logic I can see kind of prevailing here. That's pretty sad when the quarterback's coach is more proven at the NFL level than the actual offensive coordinator. It just you know speaks to the Broncos' issues with Pat Shermer. I could see him being the scapegoat, but I don't see a scapegoat being made, not now and not by Vic Fangio, honestly. I don't think he has the, the guts. I don't think he has the, uh, the upstanding morals to scapegoat someone. I don't think he wants to bring accountability to Dove Valley. I don't think he wants to hold any one of his peers accountable. He'll just throw everyone and everything under the bus first. So that would be a logical, uh, sacrificial goat, but the Broncos coaching is not logical. So, um, Mark, I definitely appreciate you though. Chad on Thursday show, he was completely, completely ridiculously, amazingly generous with his, you know, super. So Mark, you are the man. Appreciate you as always. Thank you. Legend, legendary. The queen talking about legends. Her ears must be burning even now. Love you, Christy. Thank you for the support. She says many, many chances and forgiving. And all we get is the same lack, the same disregard, the same BS from this coaching staff. Time to move on. Time to talk about this um, seriously. And I agree. You know, the time has come. Like they're, how much longer are you going to wait to see if it was a, um, you know, mirage, this whole slump the Broncos have fallen into. Like, again, it wasn't that they came in and fought hard and it came down to the wire and just came up short, you know, charge it to the game. That's not what this was, Zach. This was Tony Soprano curb stomping, right? The, the scene <laughs> that leads to his eventual demise in the final season, right? That's what happened today. Sad. 
That's one of the be- better scenes in the best show of all time. But you know, yeah, it's uh, first of all, Christy, thank you so much for your generosity as always. And I, I will say once again, when Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer have showed us who they are the last couple of years, and now it's time for most in Broncos country, not Chad and I, because we've been singing this tune for months now, and some of you have as well, that we have to believe who they are when they tell us, which is completely incompetent and uh, not worthy of the titles they hold with the Broncos. What more can be said about that, Chad? They, uh, they yeah. are completely in over their head in both facets, and the sooner they're gone, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Alvin's good to see you. It's been a minute. Hope you've been well. Really appreciate that very generous super chat. And also welcome to those of you who are continuing to pile into the live room here with us. We are now over a thousand live in the room. Good to have you guys. Right now, Zach, I picture myself talking to a room of a thousand people in like an auditorium and you're like, wow, there's a lot of people in here. And you know what? Sometimes as your football priests, we're not just here to provide absolution. We're not just here to provide answers. Sometimes we got to help you exercise those demons. And that's what today is about. Alvin Zach says, time to remove the coaches. Three and three is not what we wanted, no doubt. And the problem is it's not just that they're three and three, Zach. It's how they got there. Today in particular, the the, the how it happened, that's where the devil, those are the details where this particular devil dwells, all right, that we do need to exercise. And that's what makes this, you know, DEFCON 1 caliber uh crisis that this gm unfortunately has to step in and do something and then also chris real quick man thank you bro you are the man love you and if we're not spending as much time individually giving you guys the love you deserve on tonight's stream i hope you know it's just because it's hot and heavy tonight but you know we love you thank you so much chris he says this defensive mastermind in quotes here narrative is getting old and tired it doesn't matter if they can't win zach I think you've been reading my uh, tweets, Chris. We appreciate you so much. And Chad, you know, sometimes I'm sure you'll agree, you'll have thoughts that you want to make in in a point, but then it'll escape you and you kind of lose your train of thought. One thing I wanted to say, speaking to the last Super, three and three is not what we wanted. Well, anyone who met me at the tailgate at the Jets game a few weeks ago, I was kind of, I was not being a wet blanket, but I was kind of just saying, listen, let's get to Baltimore and and see how the Broncos play then. Let's see when the season really starts in week four, how they're going to respond to that. And I had my apprehensions. Some of you didn't uh, with me as well. Some of you said the Broncos are a a team reborn under Teddy Bridgewater. I had my doubts about that, but he's never really been a defensive mastermind. I think if you're a true mastermind, you don't spend, what was it, 40 years as an assistant. You would eventually get your head coaching shot. Look at someone like Sean McVay, who was a head coach at, what, 31 years old? Fangio is almost 60 years old when he took the head coaching gig. Why wouldn't the Bears want to ever keep him around to make him the head coach in waiting? These are the things you have to wonder. I think Vic Fangio is a good defensive coordinator, but I would take Wade Phillips over Vic Fangio as a DC 10 out of 10 times. My personal opinion. Real quick, as it continues to be very hot and heavy in the chat, we can't take too much time uh, on any individual uh, comment, question, topic, but I just want to shout out these awesome stars, including Doug, Randy, love you, Andrew, Michael, Howie Frickin' Day, and uh, Colby, Lawrence Rivera, Travis, and Howie, did you see my reply email, by the way? Um, shoot me back. Let me know to confirm you got that. Uh, Travis Weber, love you, bro. Jose. Anthony, Mike Reno, DeAngelis, appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, it's just, you know, today's today's one of them days. DC4004 on YouTube, Zach, a newer name on Super Chat. So welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you. Connect on Twitter. Um, Muhammad Badri, legendary Super Chat superstar on the MHH Mount Rushmore. 
saying, what's up, Rockstars? Shermer needs to get fired now. Hashtag CEO, hashtag Dragon. And then Chill Will. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. Good to see you. Been a minute. He says, this old line was atrocious. We missed opportunities to score. Yeah, this is what really gets me here. Ronald Darby and Kyle Fuller was a bad pickup. This coaching staff needs to go ASAP. So, Zach, you pull Fuller because he's been basically in like a two. He hasn't been impressive really at any point this season, but the previous two games, you're you're really feeling a slide from Fuller. It coincides with Ronald Darby getting healthy, being good to go. On the opening possession, Darby gets torched. Like, Darby's supposed to be your speed guy in the defensive backfield. He's supposed to be the guy that no one can outrun. Henry Ruggs, dude, blew past him. Justin Simmons, never in position. Like, I used to clown. We, we used to do this on the show, Zach, that we would call him Justin Almost Simmons. Almost making the plays. Now, last year... The year before, you know, he was he really started uh, flipping that narrative on its mm-hmm. ear. He's faded back to the final vestiges era of Vance Joseph, where talking talk about being a day late and a dollar short. That's Justin Simmons, man, and it unfortunately is coming on the big splash plays where you need your nearly highest paid safety in the freaking league to be the difference. It just doesn't happen in a Fangio system because when you want the defense to come up clutch, Chad, Fangio's defense rarely, if ever, does. This game had a lot of the same shades as the season finale of last year, where it wasn't the offense that lost the game. It was the defense and Fangio's coaching that lost the game, and it was the reason why the Raiders swept them. Um, In terms of Darby... He had some decent plays, but we never liked his signing anyway, Chad. He was kind of like Melvin Gordon. We didn't really hate the player. We hated the contract. $10 million a year for that. I wouldn't do that again. I think the Broncos might have buyer's remorse just a little bit. But credit to the Raiders. Darby's first game back, Chad, you know, as a full-time starter. And guess what? They target him right off the bat. That is what competent offensive game planning and play calling looks like. And it's sad when you see it in comparison to the Broncos, who have none of that. Sad but true. Sad but true. Uh, let's grab Michaela, the Duchess, jumping in. Appreciate you. Uh, and by the way, we missed that last one. We weren't able to grab it. Uh, she says, where, all, where are all the Fangio and Teddy lovers now? Pretty quiet. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those moments where it's like, we dared to hope for a minute there, Zach, that, uh, that, Teddy, that the Teddy decision was going to, um, make you and I look completely wrong on the subject. And guys, listen, pride is a thing, right? It's a living part of being a human being. If you're a semi-public figure and your opinions and takes are a matter of public domain and you're, you write thousands of articles a year and you do podcasts like this, you're never going to be 100% right. You're never going to bat a thousand when it comes to your takes, predictions, things like that. And this, Zach, was a prediction we wanted to be wrong on that it was the wrong decision to go with Teddy, or at least that the decision to go with yeah. Teddy was for the wrong reasons. Unfortunately, it's not really shaken out that way. You just wonder now what could have been with Drew Locke. I'm not saying it would have been any better, but at least you would have had that question answered. And the same apprehensions that we had before the announcement was made, we have now about Teddy Bridgewater. He looks like a uh, journeyman hold the fort quarterback. And the Broncos, you can win with that if you have elite coaching. But when you have horrible coaching and horrible game planning and horrible play calling 
and that journeyman quarterback. It's not a combination to win in this day and age in the NFL. Derek Carr looked like Tom Brady in his prime compared to what Teddy Bridgewater was doing out there. Some of that is coaching. Some of that is talent and ability. Um, you just always will have that question about whether the Broncos made the right choice, but that was a Fangio call, and as we've seen with the challenge flags alone, he doesn't always make smart or logical choices. By the way, let me just grab this one from Carla who had said, it's sad, a lot of wasted talent doesn't mean a thing if you have a leader who doesn't know or care to lead. That was an observation, Carla, I made today on Twitter. It's a shame that it, this, the magnitude, uh, how much talent truly is being squandered by this particular coaching staff. And then, Zach, we've got Doug here. Appreciate you, Doug. He says, this team has no identity. Vanilla play calling. Can't win with Teddy throwing the ball just under 50 times. Won't be long now before the coaches are out the door. Stay strong, Broncos country. Yes, indeed, Zach. And one of the things that uh, I think we should, in fairness, really lay bare here relative to the whole Teddy Bridgewater conversation is, I mean, this dude was hit more, at least watching. I don't know. I don't know what the final numbers are, Zach, but this dude, he was like Tom Brady in the 2015 AFC title game, just getting brutalized by a legendary defense that went on to hoist the Lombardi. That's not who this Raiders defense is. And yet right. Teddy Bridgewater and that offensive line. Well, let me, let me reverse that. That offensive line could do nothing to keep Teddy upright. So on one hand, it's like, what do you expect? Mark again. Wow. Thank you, bro. Thank, thank you, you, Mark. Thank you, bro. He says, what's up, my guys, Chad. We had a talk and I told these next four games will determine where Denver stands. And now you have your answer. Sadly, sad, but true. Yep. I, I agreed with you. You know, those first three games, you needed to win those games. You needed to handle lesser competition, but we knew that the proof, you know, of this particular pudding was going to come Zach as soon as those opponents started stacking up that were, you know, plus 500 in 2020. But even in those wins, Chad, as impressive as they may have been, including shutting the Jets out at home 27-0, there were still red flags that we saw from the Broncos coaching staff and some of the players. One of those red flags, obviously, is the play calling. And when you have two running backs brutalizing another defense for another week, and you're at fourth and one in your own territory, and you're going for it, and you're at a shotgun throwing, you don't hand it off to Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon or even present the threat of a running play, it's it's fireable offenses if you're a, an offensive coordinator in the NFL. And that's exactly what it is and nothing less for Pat Shermer. It's baffling, but not at the same time. Ricardo, I want to say you're in, uh, is it Puerto Rico? Or I'm trying to remember. Either way, good to see you. Appreciate you. Yes, can't believe the Broncos were outcoached by an interim. Boggles the mind. It really does boggle the mind. Uh, Boise man, good to see you. I'm not even watching us play the Chiefs. Teddy is clearly no better than Locke at protecting the ball. Hashtag blow it up, and he wants Kellen Moore for head coach. Um, there's a really nice piece out that Eric really spent some time, Eric Trickle of Mile High Huddle, spent some time last week putting together a list, and it's not just top five options to replace Fangio. It's top five options to replace Fangio, top five options to replace Shermer, top five options to replace Donatel. Go read that. Aaron, love you, dude. Thanks. Big A, little A, R-O-N. It's not a gut reaction if we don't have Aaron with us and he's here. He says, I have a lot of words about today's showing, but above all else, I'm a Raider hater. And a Raider hater is what I is. Let's hope the lows inspire highs for once. Win or lose, Sco Bronx. Cheers, Broncos country. You know, dude, if you cannot get up for this game, 
on the heels of two straight losses and your first division matchup against the team that is your arch enemy all time and on the day in which your winningest head coach ever who had a very public and famous uh, beef with the Raiders is getting elected or inducted, pardon, into the ring of fame. If you can't get up for this, shame on you. I mean, sorry, shame on you. But it's three weeks in a row the Broncos haven't got up for a game, Chad. It's it's not just a one-week occurrence. I mean, with the season on the line, how do you come out and lay that massive of an egg? So, Aaron, I wish I can share your optimism and your enthusiasm, but I can't right now. I mean, the the realist in me is, is reliving a bad movie that's been replaying over and over and over and over again since 2015 when Peyton Manning galloped off in the sunset. It's just uh, a letdown on epic proportions this week in particular, and there's nothing less that can be said about it. I don't think there's a great way to spin this game, even for the most sunshiner of Broncos fans out there. We're optimists, but this is not a performance especially on the heels of the previous two that you can spin, you know, like this thing is stuck in the earth, you know, it's, it's cemented. You can't spin it. Like it's immovable. It is what it is. Like analyze it, Devin. And by the way, real quick, Zach, I'm going to grab Devin and a couple on the back end that I can see that uh, we, the chat has jumped that we're not gonna be able to flash. So I'm just going to read them. <laughs> Devin Taylor. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate the super. He says, so, so bad. Uh, this loss out coached outplayed. I'm out of my mind. I hope they don't rush Jerry Judy back for this poop show. Definitely understand that. We also uh, got Social Johnson, or pardon, SoCal Johnson, 84. He says, wow, Broncos now lost five straight division games dating back to last season. Shake my head. 0-6 coming? Yeah, especially with this leadership or lack thereof. And then, Zach, two more. I'm going to serve them over to you. Jake Gerard, longtime Super Chat superstar. Appreciate you, Jake. I was really hoping Mike Shanahan would be our new coach after halftime. What would that have been like, right? The Broncos come back out and Shanny's leading them in the orange and blue. He says, well, we're on to 2022. And then Ron Dub, who we got to hang out with at the meet and greet, classic quality, classy cat, says, hey, y'all, I had to turn the channel. I couldn't watch it anymore. Who would be a good OC pairing to a Kellen Moore, Eric Bieniemy, or Brian Dayball? Uh, research if needed, LOL. Um, Zach, why don't you respond to, uh, to that? And I'll pull up this article from Eric that goes over some options. First of all, remember when the Broncos could have hired Kyle Shanahan and didn't remember when they could have kept Kyle and and kept Wade Phillips around to pair with him. That would have been mighty helpful right about now, Chad and and Kellen Moore. If we're looking that far ahead into the Broncos next head coach, which should be an offensive mind. Probably a guy that's going to call his own play, so you don't really worry too much about the OC and title, kind of like Fangio and Donatel. Donahell's just a figurehead right now. But I would presume that Kellen Moore, let's say, would pluck someone from the Cowboys coaching staff, a lot of uh, up-and-coming coaches that are working side-by-side side with him. But again, it's all immaterial when you have Kellen Moore. He's going to be the guy calling plays and hopefully paired with the dynamic quarterback coming out of the draft. Yep, and not a great, as we've heard, it's not a great class for quarterbacks, but I still remain optimistic that by the time the draft rolls around, there will be some quality guys there that should be within the Denver's um, reach. Well, I'll go over some options here in a second, Ron. Uh, Seth Harmon, thank you, bro. Really appreciate it. Generous every single week. Thank you. He's saying there needs to be a leader or leaders who step up and rally. Coaches won't do it, and they'll continue to get blown out if there's no energy. 
I hate them to lose, but the players' reactions show they care and know they can be better. Yeah, it's embarrassing, you know? Um, You've got two players left over from the good old days, Vaughn and Brandon McManus. Brandon, you know, he's your uh, litigator guy, right? He's your guy that you can send in to uh, harm's way if, if, if you're dealing with, like, you know, a lawsuit or something. He's your player yeah, rep. If it fits his agenda, yeah. True, true. Vaughn, he's a team captain, and he's always going to be viewed as a leader, and he is a leader in that, you know, he's headed to the Hall of Fame and all that. But we've never pretended that he's on the same level uh, leadership-wise as, say, even DeMarcus Ware, a guy that – guys not only look to to set the tone but listen to and not only that listen to but like actively go out of their way like demarcus ware did and leaders like him to uh raise the ships around him you know uh, i'm not saying vaughn doesn't do that it's just not the same level the broncos you know look teddy great leader we know this but the biggest thing we've said about teddy is the play the performance and the leadership and the intangible qualities They've never quite uh, balanced out and been commensurate with one another. Leadership way up here, production on the field typically, you know, somewhere down here, Zach. Well, let's break it down. We all know what kind of leader Vic Fangio is. I mean, they showed him multiple times on the sideline, and every single time he had his hands crossed. Look at Pat Shermer, no fire from him, Mr. Saltine Shermer. But even the Broncos quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, he doesn't even read social media. It's, it's one thing to be consumed by it, but he, you know, he has a newspaper still, Chad. He's getting his milk delivered still. He's living in a different time, and he tunes all that out. So he's a very passive guy, a very docile guy. Who is the spark plug? It usually comes a quarterback. And guess what? They had that leader who lived, breathed, and, and, and ate and drank football, and y'all ran him out of town because he was dancing and rapping on the sidelines amid a victory. So you, you have to get it from some source. It's either the head coach usually or the quarterback. But when your quarterback is Teddy and your head coach is Vance, Sho- uh, Vance wow, that's uh, a Freudian slip there, Freudian. Chad. Yeah, uh, when, you're, when your head coach is Vic Fangio, that's a really bad pairing. And there's no one in the organization nor on the field that, that, that is that power source for the Broncos. And during their championship years, they had it from a plenty. Gary Kubiak would get up more than Vic ever could. Indeed. Before I run through a couple of these names really quick, um, I'm just going to look on the back end here and catch up on a few. And guys, forgive us if we can't flash your super. It's so busy tonight that um, the chat is jumped you. So we have to just read them from the back end. Um, so let me let me catch up here. We got Shane Ricardo. Plum Bob. We missed Plum Bob. He said the defense just loves giving up big plays. Yeah, it was a smorgasbord of big plays today. And Derek Carr left you know, not being able to put his belt around his waist. He's full. Uh, Kevin Peterson, good to see you, bro. Long time Super Chat superstar. Been a minute, though, I got to say. Worst coaching performance I've ever seen. Peyton needs to chop heads. Mike Shula, the interim, Ed Donatel, coordinator. And this O-line sucks. And then, Zach, here's Corey H. saying, did the coaches, and thank you, Corey, did the coaches miss wide-open receivers? Did the coaches make horrible oh, plays? Please. On the part of the safeties, did the coaches fumble? Teddy Bridgewater is, at best, a solid backup. Carr is a real NFL quarterback. Passes thrown on time and on target. Yeah, I mean, I get what your, your point, Corey. Look, I don't want to dismiss what you're trying to say, that, you know, the coaches can't aren't in charge of, you know, they're not out there on the field executing themselves, right? But it is their job to make sure that these players 
are prepared to do just that. Exactly. And there's so much that goes into making sure your players are prepared to execute. And this coaching staff, Zach, just not getting it done. You know what this reminds me of thinking about old VJ Chad? It was the, the, the what was it, 35-17 or 42-17 against the Dolphins and Adam Gase. That was a revenge game. It was just a blowout, and the Broncos Brutal. were so non-competitive in that game. That's what it reminded me of. So I, it's, I, I don't put this loss squarely on Teddy, but he did nothing to win the game either. He was actually committing turnovers now. So if his one calling card is being steady and being safe, and he doesn't even have that anymore, then what good is he? If the Broncos offensive line can't block, that's one thing. But like you said, Chad, the coaches are calling the plays. Vic Fangio, his baby, the defense, is the one blowing coverage after coverage. And what does he do? After the Ronald Darby mishap, he has A.J. Johnson one-on-one with the running back with no safety help. I mean, it's so obvious. So the coaches aren't on the field, but they might as well be because they're the ones indirectly losing the Broncos game after game after game. This roster is too talented to be 3-3 three and three right now. You give this roster to a better coaching staff, I guarantee you they're 4-2 and two at a minimum. Real quick, I got to shout them out. Ricardo who's probably our most famous uh, follower down in Mexico. We got to meet him. He came up from Mexico City to hang out with us at the meet and greet, Zach. And, of course, he does uh, – you know, he's a he's a TV star himself in Mexico uh, covering, like, entertainment news, right? This dude has, like – I'm looking at him now, 288,000 followers on Twitter. Like, dude's a legit, like, star in Mexico. Drove up to – or flew up to see us, and he's shouting us out on Twitter. So while I'm seeing it live, it's rare that I'm checking Twitter when we're live. But uh, shout out to you, Ricardo. Uh, real quick, Zach, and then we'll grab DK here. David Kilgore, love you, buddy. Good to see you. It's been a minute. I just want to run through a couple of these names, okay, real quick. We already know the main head coach candidates, Brian Dayball, Greg Roman's a name to keep an eye on, the Baltimore Ravens OC, former uh, Sean Payton. Athlete. Killing it right now. Baltimore uh, took down the Chargers today, convincingly. Don't sleep on this name, Byron Leftwich, whom Tom Brady is going to eventually make a head coach somewhere. We know Kellen Moore, OC of the Cowboys. This is one that Eric listed, Dennis Allen, former Broncos DC, former Raiders head Mm -mm. coach. Uh, He listed not per se because he's advocating for him, but because there is a lot of buzz that Allen's going to get another swing at the plate. This is one I would stay away from like it was the plague, not just because he's already a failed head coach, but because you don't need defense. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, But offensive coordinator candidates, you know, pick who you want to pair this with, but – James Urban, he's currently Baltimore's quarterbacks coach. Uh, you got Mike Kafka, the Chiefs quarterbacks coach. That's a guy I'd be curious about putting in as an OC, even if you don't hire, even if it's not the enemy that's your new head coach. Uh, Ronald Curry, who's the Saints quarterbacks coach. Shane Day is the Chargers quarterbacks coach that's worked some uh, veritable miracles already down there. Uh, Zach Robinson, the Rams assistant quarterbacks coach. All right, another guy springing off the Sean McVay tree. Um, and then there's some defensive guys we could we could get to. But right now, I think it's pretty apparent the Broncos need to be uh, – there needs to be like an offensive revolution from a vision perspective for this team. David, do you guys think that we'll go after Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson now or in the offseason? Also, uh, like the quarterback from the Pittsburgh Panthers. Um, yeah, the Rodgers thing, maybe, maybe in uh, the off season, Deshaun Watson radioactive. So no, no on Watson Rogers, still a possibility depending on who you hired to replace Vic Fangio, what that guy's vision is in, in 
and really what George Payton's vision is, I think it's time to go back to the well. And I know you've already been through by that point, you're, a, you're you'll have gone through six painful years of not making the playoffs. So to start over with a new head coach and a new young, let's say first round quarterback and know that you're going to have to live through some growing pains there. It might be something that George Payton just doesn't want to confront and he might want to go out and just do whatever it takes to get an Aaron Rodgers here to try and microwave this team back into some semblance of respectability. But I think if you're going to do it, if you're going to start over, do it the right way. Uh, let me just add two more names to the head coaching list. Uh, Joe Lombardi, who's the OC of the Chargers, and uh, Joe Brady, the OC of the Panthers. Both are up-and-coming guys, creative guys. I would hire your infant, Chad, before I hire a defensive-minded head coach. They have to go in the right direction, the way the wind is blowing in the NFL, and that's a preferably younger offensive mind. In terms of Rodgers, why would he want to come here? Let's say the Broncos this continues and they finish, you know, seven and ten, whatever, something you know, non-playoff record. Why would he want to come here? There's rumblings that he wants to go to Pittsburgh. He will literally get to sign his ticket in the offseason as to where he's going to go. And unless the Broncos can start winning and show, or at least uh, show they're going to be committed to hiring an offensive mind, I don't see why he'd want to come here and spend his twilight in a rebuilding franchise. Deshaun Watson, I've heard that Miami wants him and he wants Miami and Miami's on a downward spiral. That would not surprise me if that trade went down sometime uh, either, maybe not by the trade, trade down, that's a little too optimistic, but right after the season, I could see Watson ending up in Miami. What the Broncos should do is what I think the Broncos will do, which is get rid of Vic Fangio, bring in someone like Kellen Moore, let's say, and then use their probably top 15 or so draft pick, maybe move up for their quarterback of the future. It's time they do it the right way and not keep putting Band-Aids over, like you used to say, Chad, bullet holes. Leroy, what's up, buddy? He says, dude, Bridgewater is garbage. Lock, almost out of the league. Nobody wants him, and we don't have the coaches to coach him up. That's the that's the one argument against throwing Lock out there is throwing him to the wolves without the support of, not support, but, you know, competent, coaching but you know what if it was if i knew mike shula was the the guy at the controls i'd probably feel a little bit different about that zach let me catch up on a few um from the back end that we uh are just it's been so so busy so we went from Corey uh bg jumped in early thank you brian he says i don't see this team winning more than a game this season uh beyond what it has this is at least tied for the worst team i've seen in my lifetime and like i said two years ago simmons is so overrated i'd cut him and save a ton I'd take Kjax uh, for the price, and then it kind of cuts off. But uh, we feel you on the Simmons pain, buddy. It's He's been disappointing, but I wouldn't quite throw that baby out with the bathwater. Cody uh, Potter, appreciate you, dog. He says, do you think Mike Shanahan got a contract offer after the game? <laughs> Fire this entire coaching staff. Would you rather take a cue in round one or trade for a head coach? Uh, definitely take a quarterback. You can wait till the season's over and hire a uh, head coach. Uh, Swag Nation, Zach. Also saying, I keep saying, fire Shermer, bench Teddy. How was he the safer choice? Why do you think Carolina got rid of him? First Sam, Donald, and then last thing here, Zach. A shout out to Erwin uh, Serrano. Thank you, buddy. And then White Lightning says, Drew Locke should have been the start. 
<laughs> I mean, where do I start with those comments? The same. I mean, I made that same point the night the Broncos traded for Teddy Bridgewater, and that's they're they're getting a guy who is replaced for Sam Darnold. He's always going to be what he is, and that's a, a a backup, preferably or a middling, below average starter. And maybe he can succeed with a better coaching staff. But we had our reservations about the Pat Shermer Teddy Bridgewater pairing, and those reservations are coming home to roost, at least for us. Um, so in terms of Mike Shanahan, I think even right now, right this second, he would be a, a 10 times more of a head coach than Vic Fangio on his best day. And that's not a joke. Gilbert. And by the way, guys, we are at 50 minutes and we got a lot of super chats to grab. So we're going to do Zach. We got to really be rapid fire and, uh, you know, keep, keep it sharp here. Gilbert. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, connect with us on Twitter so we can shout you out after the show. Really appreciate it. He says, it's my first super chat. Just have to say, you guys are awesome. Very kind of you, Doc. Really sucks when you feel like you're wasting a talented roster by keeping a terrible coaching staff. Go Broncos. Yes, indeed, brother. Yes, indeed. We feel you. Uh, The Duchess says, also, Zach, Vic is probably worse than Josh McDaniels. McDaniels got fired because of the cheating scandal. Vic just can't coach. Yeah, it's sad that you got to, that that's even coming up in the minds of fans. Um, but I'll say this: Look, McDaniel's was a was a complete embarrassment and train wreck. And the Broncos today it was a disgrace. Um, but I'm not quite ready to put Vic on the level of Josh McDaniel's just for many many reasons. Today it was just the way they got blown out. A, B, the fact that it came after two losses where they had to stick their foot in the ground right here and now and stand up and hold the line and pivot and turn this ship around. And then also on the day of days for Mike Shanahan, considering the rave, uh, the, the beef that has existed uh, since the late 80s between the Broncos and Raiders because of Mike Shanahan. So I feel you, though, Michaela. I really do feel you. It's, it's frustrating, Zach. Well, you're absolutely right, Chad, that it's even sad if we're comparing, if we're having the conversation, is Vic Fangio better than Josh McDaniels or Vance Joseph? The fact that conversation even exists, I think it is an indictment on Vic Fangio. I will say this about McDaniels. I'm not going to really comment too much on uh, comparisons head-to-head. This is my opinion. Josh McDaniels as an OC is better than Vic Fangio as a DC. I mean, look at Mac Jones, the way he played today. He tore up a pretty good Cowboys defense, and Mac Jones almost beat the Buccaneers as well. You know, some guys aren't cut out to be head coaches. That's been proven time and time again. But when one guy is so much better at game planning, so much better at play calling, you have to wonder, you know, uh, who who's actually the worst. The Queen jumping in again with a Thank very you. generous super. She says, thanks for keeping it real, my guys. Thank, Thank you, you for Christmas. being with us and keeping it real as well. All right, Zach, a few more rapid fires. Malachi Smith. Give me a reason why Locke doesn't start Thursday. We went with Teddy because he was the safer pick. I'll give you the reason. Doesn't mean make uh, doesn't make it make sense, but the reason is going to be quick turnaround, blah, 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 blah. Vic Fangio already said at the, at the podium today, do you anticipate making any changes to your coaching staff in the wake of the, your third straight loss? One word answer, no. So if left to his own devices, Zach, Vic's not about to fire anybody, but George Payton most certainly could. Well, if you give up on Teddy Bridgewater, Fangio is basically firing himself at that point. Wouldn't he be, Chad, going back to the guy that he replaced because he hitched his job to Teddy Bridgewater? That would be the ultimate uh, admission of failure on Vic Fangio's part. And one thing he's proven to be is stubborn. He has no accountability for himself or the others around him. So it's going to take a Bridgewater injury, I think, or a Fangio firing for the Broncos to play Drew Locke. 
I think you're right on the on the Fangio thing. I mean, until and unless Fangio gets fired, you're probably not seeing Drew uh, suit up unless Teddy's hurt. Lawrence, thank you for the stars, bro. He says, give me uh, give a new coach the rest of this season to see what he can do and have his actual mind made up of how he wants to head into the offseason. Yeah, it just doesn't happen that way, dog. You know, once you're in the season, it's so consuming and so so many bricks have been laid into that wall to get you there that you just have to hold on for dear life with an interim once you fire your coach, and then you hire when the season is over. That's just the way uh, the NFL works. All right, Zach, here's uh, Burn the Guitarist. Zach, good to see you, buddy. He says, hey, guys, long time. Steady Teddy throwing three picks against the Raiders, plus his fumble. Yeah, I'm throwing up that crow I ate regarding the quarterback decision. In, indeed. Uh, and Kil, uh, David Kilgore again. Thanks, buddy. Hope we, hope you got your answer on Rodgers. Uh, Jeff C. Zach, how is this an NFL team? What the are we watching? They say a coach change would be a disaster. Well, look at what Vegas just did to us. Hashtag fire them all. And then uh, Jetty Splash says, Coach Gruden has not been long enough. Uh, has not been... Coach Gruden has not been long enough to impact the Raiders' performance uh, gone long enough. I don't know. Raiders' game plan was set before he left, and they were ready. There might be some truth to that. Uh, Simon, up in Canada, Zach, how is our offensive line this bad? Does it matter which quarterback is in there when the pressures we give up? I was under the impression, Mike Munchak, uh, that there would be steady improvement year over year. I mean, it's a collective failure. Garrett Bowles, I think, has regressed in his play after getting that big contract, and that's the one thing we were worried about. Um, it just—it was the entire crap show on offense. It's to quote Emmanuel Sanders: "The Broncos are now living in a world of suck." And you know, it's—it's it's nothing incredulous. It's nothing unprecedented that we've been seeing. This is just Broncos football post Peyton Manning. Every single year, no matter the coaches, no matter the quarterback, it's the same letdowns, the same losses. And the one thing about Gruden. His game plan might have been left in place because of um, they got a special teams guy to run the ship, but that special teams guy had the Raiders ready to play. He had the intensity on the sideline. He was animated, unlike Vic Fangio. That's pretty sad. A first-time ever head coach. But also, the OC of the Raiders is much better than Pat Shermer. So it's one thing to have the game plan. It's another thing to execute it in-game with the play calling. And it's another situation where the opponent is so much better coached on offense and prepared than the Broncos are under Pat Shermer. Naj, what's good, buddy? Thank you. He says, if the coaches can't create a spark, I think Peyton can by firing someone. I'm so thankful for your show. Thank you, bro. We're thankful for you. I almost put my head through the TV multiple times. I believe it, Naj. Naj, This is something we believe. Uh, Best play of the day was the onside kick. Shake my head. Yeah, props. Was that Sobert? Sobert? What's his name? Eric Sobert? Sobert. I think him making that play. Yeah, that was nice to see. Hey, hang one skin on the wall for old Tom McMahon on that one. But that was just a really nice kick by McMahon. Um, Too many uh, McMahon names. McManus. Uh, That was just – Nice, perfectly pooched little onside that uh, the Broncos were able to capitalize on, Zach. Well, let me rip those skins off the wall because you had the Raiders punter booming literally 80-yard punts and Sam Martin shanking 36-yarders. So, you know, drink every time the Broncos special teams lets you down. I think you'll have alcohol poisoning every single game. It's not going to matter anyway, though. It's Vic Fangio's boy. We're going to be going over tonight, and that's just the way it is. Let me catch up on a few here, Zach. Eric Ortegon, good to see you, buddy. He says, Mike. Looking a bit gray, yes, Shanahan, but he could roll out the rack and outcoach these dudes. I'm being serious. Make Mike the interim. Yeah, I wish it worked that way, bro. 
Uh, Cristobal, by the way, Mike, he's not coaching anymore. He's angling for the hall. You know, he wants to get into the hall of fame now. Uh, Cristobal says, our team has given up before the game is over. Am I the only one to see Sutton and other players give up on that interception? And then Kevin Peterson, Zach says, it's not the quarterback, it's the defense. Vic is supposedly a defensive coach. Come on, dude, 34 points. Zach, what do you say to the notion that the Broncos players really gave up on the, you know, at differing points, you could see it happening like dominoes falling, right? They gave up on uh, these coaches. The coaches gave up. You can say it however you want, but these players, dude, gave up the ghost today. Like they, they were like, yeah, I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, let's go ahead and get this over with. I mean, I literally tweeted about it during the game. Uh, and, and then it came out that uh, Teddy Bridgewater was throwing his tablet. And then the ultimate admission, at least from the CBS broadcast crew, was that Simmons, who had a horrible game like usual this season, he was having words with the coaching staff. So that proves now there is disharmony, there is now turmoil in Dove Valley, and it reminds me of 2016 and 2017 for that matter, when it became toward the end of the year, offense versus defense, because the defense was carrying them every game and then getting mad at the offense for not doing anything. Well, now the defense is blowing every single game with their lack of covering players that can hurt them down the field. You'd think the Broncos would have adjusted when Hollywood Brown torched them in the Baltimore game. You'd think they would have adjusted last week when Deontay Johnson burned the Broncos in that loss. But now to allow Henry Ruggs after the first grab, then you allow Brian Edwards down the field and another Ruggs grab, you see it in the Broncos. I mean, and then the Raiders had that walk-in touchdown, and they were O-laying. They were basically arm-tackling. They wanted no business in that game anymore, and that speaks to the level of confidence or lack thereof they have in their superiors. I don't blame them. Jeremy, a.k.a. Black Knight 232 says, and thank you for the super chat, brother. It seemed like watching Judge Dredd, the 2012 version, was a better use of my time than watching or listening to this poor excuse of a football team. I feel you, dude. I really do. I feel your pain, dude. It was was painful. I would have rather stared at this wall than watch this Broncos game. I mean, it's a waste of time. And I had, we both, I think, Chad, you predicted a victory too in the uh, round table. We both had faith the Broncos would rally, but it's the last time I have faith in them. I mean, especially on a short week going into the Cleveland game. Doesn't get any easier from here on out. Drew Hollenbeck, what's good, buddy? He says, Fangio and Shermer need to go. Teddy got killed all day. He still played poorly. Why not throw in Drew Luck? Maybe he can give the locker room a spark. Nothing will change large scale before the coaching does. Fair point. But as we elucidated earlier, man, I don't see Vic Fangio swallowing his pride and playing Drew unless he no longer is the man that makes that decision. Uh, MJA2873, thank you for the super chat. He says, my top head coach candidates, Byron Leftwich, Jim Harbaugh, Eric Bieniemy, Brian Dayball, and Kellen Moore. That's a solid list, my friend. That's a solid hey. list. Mine Go is ahead. Jim Harbaugh. I mean, I, the Broncos fans should want nothing to do with him. He's a college coach entirely. Isaiah, 1127, longtime Super Chat superstar, says a lot to look, a lot to, let's see, a lot of areas of concern, uh, but the O-line, the lack of a pass rush coaching lost us this game. I hate losing to the Raiders. Do you guys agree? Uh, listen, dude, when your only two sacks of the day come from DBs, meaning that you had to send – uh, corner blitzes or different safety blitzes to get to the quarterback. Yeah, dude, you got a problem getting after the quarterback. And Derek Carr, you know, he's always been, for the most part, uh, kind of a 
difficult nut for the Broncos to crack with only a couple of exceptions yeah. that I can think of off the top of my head, like the game in which Derek Wolf broke his back, <laughs> basically. Um, but he's really good at getting the ball out quick, negating, and he he's he's very Vaughn Miller conscious, right? Like anytime Derek Carr is in front of a camera and it's Bronco week, you hear Von Miller, Von Miller, Von Miller. So like he's hyper aware of what Von Miller can do. And that informs not only how he plays, how he reads the field, how he makes his decisions, but I'm sure Zach, it informs how the Raiders game plan and they've neutralized Vaughn and Vaughn's your only horse getting after the queue. Like Draymond Jones, he can create pressure, but look, pressure, uh, who was it that was writing about this? I forgive me. It was at MHH this week. I'm trying to remember whose article this was. Might've been Eric. Forgive me, but pressure. They say, oh, you know what? Even if they're not getting home, Zach, and they're not stacking up the quarterback sacks, Production. Hey, you know, pressures are just as important. BS, man. No, it was Tom Hall. Thomas Hall's the one that laid this out. My, my apologies, Tom. BS, and I agree 100% with Tom's analysis. Go look at his analytics piece. It spells this out. Pressure is important, but is it as important as getting home and actually actually producing? No, you got to get home. And the Broncos that have been unable to get home rushing four, and so Vicks not only had to say, "All right, I got to rush more than four. Like he's sending corners and nickels and safeties to try and get home. That was the only way that he could get to Derek Carr today. First of all, Derek Carr, I still I've been dying on this hill for a few years now. He is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. Maybe the most underrated quarterback. He's certainly uh, good enough to win with, and he showed that today. But when you don't have anyone opposite Von Miller, this is a game the Broncos needed the... I see Shaq Barrett in the comments from rough, Roughing the Passer. That's true. Or Bradley Chubb or someone other than Malik Reed to kind of get some pressure. Von was absent for the most part, Chad. Draymond had a few pressures. Uh, Shelby Harris remains on a milk carton. He got his big contract and dipped out too, it looks like. And you're not getting any pressure. And when you do, when you do, when Derek Carr is being hit bad, he lobs it up over the top and it's a perfect pass because the secondary blew the coverage. Uh, so it's if it's not one thing or another, you can lack the pressure when you have the coverage and vice versa. But right now the Broncos have neither. Uh, here's one from, and by the way, DC four zero zero four. I think we, we, we got you and thanked you, but appreciate you. Uh, Dennis Woods, longtime super chat superstar says, I'm not too down on Teddy. He was under pressure all day. The O-line stunk it up. Yeah. I, I think you have a plausible excuse for Teddy, but he was also, and I think the, uh, television broadcast did a good job of pointing out that he just was off. And I don't think he's been the same guy since his concussion. And you could point to, you know, the coincidence of it being significantly better competition these last three games, including the game where he was concussed. And I'm sure, and I know that has something to do with it, but he was very inaccurate today. And especially on the bigger plays downfield that the Broncos needed to hit on, couldn't quite close, couldn't quite make him happen. Um, And then Zach, here's one real quick from, uh, from uh, Thomas Rayner, he says the Raiders don't even have a head coach and we still get out coached. I want Leftwich and the Cowboys OC or the Bills OC. So much for Teddy, no turnovers. Uh, well, that's a really good point that you made about him not being the same since the concussion because last week he missed that throw to Albert O against the Steelers that would have down the sideline would have changed the whole game. He missed the same one today to Cortland Sutton that would have should have been a walk-in touchdown and he missed him by a yard or so. I mean, he hasn't been the same quarterback 
And his accuracy was supposed to be the thing the Broncos can lean on. They have to have those plays when they can get him down the field. When Corbin Sutton beats his man, you got to connect on him. It would have been nice if they would have helped Teddy with a deep threat. John Brown, David Moore, I mean, Hamler when he was healthy. They don't seem to want to do that. But you have to hit on those plays. And Teddy, he wasn't doing it today. He wasn't good enough to win with. I think you got to sit down Dalton Reisner if you're going to be serious about we're putting our best guys out there on the field. Uh, from what I saw, and I wasn't sitting there watching, closely examining the point of attack on every single snap, but on a lot of those pressure plays where you're seeing things happen, Bowles was getting beat, uh, and and so was Reisner. Uh, Cortland, thank you for that super chat, my friend. He says, time to fire Pat and let Mike Shula, the QB's coach, call the plays and start Drew Luck. Hey, dude, we're with you there. You are preaching to the choir on the whole put Drew back in thing, but expectations, guys, I mean, never say never. It's the NFL. You can never completely sleep on any crazy, you know, eventuality. But as long as Vic Fangio is still prowling the sidelines, he can't with a straight face put Drew Locke back in after what the decision he made this summer. I just don't think he can do it and still have a plausible semblance of, of you know, credibility in his job. I don't think the players – uh, believe he's credible now. I don't think I don't think they have any respect for him now. I was going to make the same point, but Cortland, that would be absolute anarchy in Dove Valley, and I love it. I freaking love it. I I would love to see it. I don't think the Broncos are going to make those changes though at three and three. Those are the radical changes you make when you're three and six, three and seven, when the season's still in front of you, and now it's 17, 17 games, eighteen weeks. You have a lot of season left to go. So. Not going to happen now. Dale, now we got to close these out, so we're going to very much rapid fire. Dale came and saw us at the meet and greet all the way from Palm Springs, and it was pretty close. He couldn't find us in the first part of the day, but he found us in the second part, and that's what made all the difference. He says, Teddy, too safe, became Teddy turnover. How many losses in a row before trying lock? Yeah, again, when you get to four losses in a row, I, I don't think anything forestalls Vic being fired. And that's probably when you would see the Broncos maybe consider making a quarterback change and putting Drew back in. But I don't think Vic's getting fired after this game. But I I, I would be surprised. No, it's a, a short turnaround. I was going to say I'd be surprised if a coordinator doesn't, you know, get uh, sacrificed here. But because your strength, if you do say goodbye to Pat Shermer, you got Mike Shula. I don't think you need to worry so much about – short week turnarounds and all that, like Shula can do everything Shermer can in terms of knowing the playbook and all that. There's two sides to that coin, though. I agree it's a short week, and that's going to be the Broncos building an excuse, but what's on the other side of a short week is a long week. You have 10 days between games, so that would be the ideal time. Let's say if they fall to Cleveland, which they absolutely could, and they will if they play like this, that would be the time, I think, where Vic Fangio would sacrifice his GOAT uh, more than likely Pat Shermer or Tom McMahon at a minimum. Uh, the bye week could definitely factor into not only those the court, a quarterback decision, but also certain team decisions on, on coaches. The bye for the Broncos this year comes in week 11, so that's something to keep in mind. Christian, thank you for being with us, buddy. He says, I think it might be time for us to target Kellen Moore after this season. You ain't a lion. You ain't a lion. Chris Newbert as well. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Joshua Johnson's act says, LOL, when was the last time we saw a play that schemed a player open? Truthfully, not a great route, uh, route, not a 50-50 ball. When were you last wowed? 
I mean, not to pick nits here, Josh, but you could probably find on a given play for the most part, at least like 80% of the time that there's an open guy. doesn't mean the quarterback always sees him. doesn't even mean that the quarterback has time to get to him in the, in the um, progression, but I still feel what you're trying to say. I do. D- um, let's see. We got Doug. Uh, Kevin again. Nope. Kevin with us. Yeah. We didn't get this one from Kevin. Uh, from Kevin. He says all of our cash is tied up in the defense. Ben don't break sucks. Hold them on third down. And you know, what was worse Zach today about third down. I mean, that's been a thorn all season for Denver's defense and offense, but it wasn't just that the Raiders were able to move the chains on third down. That's when they took their shots and hit and they connect on them. And you're like, man, not only did we not get off the field here, but you just flipped field position. Now you're in the red zone or you just scored a touchdown. I mean, the dagger just gets buried. Well, let me just say that I was shocked today, literally shocked, no hyperbole when I saw a pre-snap motion on a given play. I'm shocked when we see a screen that Pat Shermer calls. So I agree with the last comment that said, when's the last time the scheme won the Broncos a game or won the Broncos a first down or a touchdown? When's the last time the Broncos had a blocked punt for example, or a punt or kick return touchdown. I mean, when these things are so few and far in between, you really have to question the coaching staff, Chad. I, I mean, there's no two two ways about it. They're bad. Capital B, bad. David, thank you for the stars, bro. Good show. Uh, he says, guys, I've been a Broncos fan for 30 years. I've never been so disappointed. So hard to watch. Go Broncos. I'm always going to support my Broncos. Yeah, I mean, I think fans are going to continue to support their team. Uh, but you know, look, Broncos fans have been patient long enough. They want at this stage with, especially with Vic now being in year three, they, they want heads to roll. It's time. Uh, Luke Jensen says, I miss the days of having a franchise quarterback and a hall of fame coach took those days for granted. What we've had in quarterbacks and coaches since Super Bowl 50 is unacceptable. Feel you there, buddy. Mr. Ranch says, I thought Teddy's leadership was supposed to translate to positivity and wins. What's up with the three picks and the fumble? No adjustments, hurt quarterbacks. Yeah, it's a, it's a combination, dude. It's a everything from lack of coordinator vision, poor play calling to offensive line can't hold up. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is not Superman. You start beating him up like that, Zach. Quarterbacks are going to break and they're going to start throwing the ball earlier. They're going to make rush decisions. And you know, there was a few plays today that Teddy uh, on those picks that you're like, you didn't see that guy, but then you realize, Zach, that pockets crumbling in around him he's about to get hit like he's having to unload so he's not able to sit back there with an appropriate amount of time which is two and a half to three seconds that's what you need and diagnose the play but at the same time i'll say this upon first viewing today there were times teddy seemed a little trigger shy i mean it could be the concussion like you mentioned chad but it wasn't just one factor two factor three factors it was every single factor that just collapsed in on itself in denver today I mean, maybe they ran the ball decently well, but they never stick to the run to find out over a full four quarters anyway. So it's it's a whole collective operational failure on the Broncos offense. And it's the same thing we said all of last year for the most part. And what's the denominator there? It's not Teddy Bridgewater. Put it that way. All right. True rapid fire here, Cortland. Thank you, buddy. He says, I'm willing to bet 300 bucks. Mike Shanahan is a better play caller than Pat. We know uh, he knows the QB and players or Mike Shula, pardon me. He knows the quarterback strengths. Um, yeah, I mean, at this stage, what do you got to lose? Appreciate you, buddy. Been a, loose, a listener for two years, says Corley. That's you. really cool, buddy. Thanks for letting us know. 
Uh, Nathan says, oh, the irony, Fangio loses a team co- loses to a team coached by a special teams coordinator. <laughs> At this point, I take the Mile High Huddle staff over these coaches. Hey, well, thank you for the vote of confidence. Um, let's see here. Uh, pardon me here. I'm, I'm just making sure we didn't miss some guys here. Trey Mint, pay whatever is necessary to get Lincoln Riley. I don't want any more tired defensive coordinators or retreads. Uh, interesting note. That's something we can circle back to maybe later in this week, Trey. Uh, Seth Harmon jumped in again, Zach, to say, what are the odds Denver re-signs Gordon, Melvin Gordon, on a reduced deal like Kareem Jackson? I love Williams, but it's nice to have two strong backs to give Javante some longevity. What are your thoughts on that uh, very briefly? I mean, you don't trade up in the second round for a running back to make him a backup for two years in a row. It's only a matter of time before he's the full-time RB1 and Melvin Gordon. He's making the most of being in a contract year. He's making the most of being pushed by a rookie. He's finally coming to play. But they have Mike Boone. I'd rather bring Mike Boone back, who's more explosive and would be much cheaper, at least even on a one-year deal, a short-term deal, than Melvin Gordon. But I think it's uh, it's inevitable that Pookie is going to be the guy full-time. Smouse in the house, the Patriot brothers. Good to see you, bro. He says, I thought my prediction last year was going to change crap around. Fire all the coaches. We feel you. Uh, BG says, if you guys would just do supers in order, you wouldn't have to read them, duh. It's not that easy, buddy. Um, especially on high tent pole nights like this evening where there's, you know, about 30% more people in the live chat room. What happens? Well, I don't have time to go into it, but we can't control that always the way it jumps. We can't get to them in time before the chat jumps and we have to, we have no choice, but to go to the back end. Um, and Aaron, by the way, big, a little ace correct. He's, he's, he's clarifying. He says, Oh, I'm not optimistic boys. We're a dumpster fire. I've just had enough course to appropriately redirect my pessimism towards the silver and black. I like that. I like it too. Uh, and Mark uh, Langley saying, sorry about my typo, Chad. Love you. Love you too, bro. Have a good night. Luis says, um, Jones looking good. Coaching staff left unaccountable. Let's see. M. Jones looking good. Coaching staff left unaccountable. Bad gambles on free agency and extension signings. I'm starting to think George Payton's hype was just hype. Are you feeling, are you having any second thoughts about George Payton, Zach? I mean, he was saddled with Vic Fangio. I mean, I mean, how, what was the ceiling realistically going to be with Vic Fangio and either Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, the guy that Vic Fangio went to bat for? I think when, not if, George Payton gets his guys in the building, his head coach, his quarterback, with the team he's put together, I think he did a really nice job building the roster. I think he made a lot of nice uh, value signings. I think he had a great draft class, Chad. So for a first-time general manager that's saddled with an incumbent lame duck and now proven incompetent head coach, I don't blame the blame at George Payton's feet. Not even close. To do so would counter what we said earlier, that this talent, which the Broncos do have still a lot of talent, even as bodies have dropped significantly as far as the injury bug, there's so much talent here. The coaches are squandering, and that speaks to what George Payton did this offseason and really what the last two or three years of the Elway, Matt Russell uh, regime was able to do. Uh, Luis Cano says the ransom for Stafford, Matthew Stafford, starting to look like a bargain. Yeah, only because he has Sean McVay. Sean Pat Shermer is the furthest cry from Sean McVay, and that's the beauty of having elite coaching. You can make an average or above average quarterback into damn near elite, and that's what Matt Stafford's playing at right now. That's why Sam Darnold looks so good in Carolina with Joe Brady, Herbert with Joe Lombardi. I mean, on and on and on and on. It's all in the coaching. 
Last two, Corey H. says, uh, George Payton had Stafford on the table and turned it down. He failed 100%. Maybe. I mean, if you if you think that that would have changed or altered this season, I don't think it would have because the coaches suck. Uh, Michaela says, we have a racist troll in the chat. Um, we'll keep an eye out for that. Okay, we got him. All right, all right. Guys, with that being said, um, we got to go. Thank you so much to each and every one of you for spending some time here with us. Our Facebook community, um, real quick, Zach, if you want to start the rundown, I'm going to show how we finished on uh, Facebook today well, and then do a quick update for everybody on where we stand on the Pat Sertan jersey, but we, we got a dip. We did get this, though, right, from Corey? Yes. Yep. Okay. George Payton did have Stafford on the table, turned it down, but with these coaches, Zach, so, would, would Matthew Stafford be lighting up the NFL in the same way? Right, but I saw a comment that said George Payton failed because he didn't get a blue chip quarterback in this year's draft. For what purpose? To serve him to Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio for them to ruin his development? No. So I'm going to continue on. I guess dying on that hill with more and more bodies laying next to me. But this was the Huddle Up podcast. This was the Gut Reaction podcast. Until we see you guys next time, which is tomorrow for the aftermath episode, be sure to follow us on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at MileHighHuddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get yourself a hat, get yourself a shirt, hoodie, coffee cup, etc., etc. Also, Facebook.com slash MileHighHuddle. Hit that big blue button, become a supporter today. Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone. Three exclusive shows at your fingertips. We appreciate those who are tuned in also facebook Pleasure, real, real quick guys the last two weeks because of things just a weird confluence of events we haven't been able to be as consistent on the uh premium pods that changes this week we are announcing some new yeah. scheduling on that to make it easier for us to ensure we hit those weekend uh week out including tomorrow trickle zone now moves to mondays at 1 p.m mountain time it's no longer going to be on saturday we'll talk more about that tomorrow when we have a little bit more time but be ready for the trickle zone on monday tomorrow 1 p.m uh, mountain time for our Facebook supporters. And guys, go to facebook.com slash Pod and like that page. And if you haven't already, guys, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest, as you see on your screen right now, a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. We want to give it away. We need those five-star reviews. Also, and if you haven't done any of these things, please do these three things to take a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. And real quick, Chad, for anyone who noticed, my, I've been kind of under the weather, so that's why my, my voice has been giving out. Best believe I'll be better tomorrow, and uh, I'll be spitting spit in vinegar once again tomorrow's episode. Uh, real quick, shout out to our top star senders tonight, Doug, Josh, Lawrence, Randy. By the way, I did see your message, Randy, about the hat. Uh, Andrew, Michael, George, Mark Johnson, David, David Wilder. So that's David Crespin and David Wilder. Howie frickin' Day in the frickin' house. Claude Riley, Colby C. Collier, Travis Weber, Tim Hoffman, Jose, Anthony Pennington, Roosevelt Sims, Mike Reno, Josh Trahill. Lots of new names there, Zach. Very cool to see. Yeah. We appreciate you guys. Here's where we stand on the PS2 giveaway on uh, – Actually, let me close this window real quick and I'll show you. And then we got to go. Uh, here's where we stand on the Sertan giveaway. All right. For those of you uh, wondering, because, you know, not everyone makes it to every single episode. We are doing a, we have a goal to reach 250,000 stars on Facebook in the month of October. If we reach it, we are going to raffle off. We've done this now two months prior. There's the third month in a row, a Broncos jersey. This month, it's a Pat Sertan, the second jersey. 
Only those who contributed to the goal on Facebook are in the running to win that jersey. We are at 44% complete. So we've made up some ground, but we're still just a little bit behind if we're going to hit goal within 31 days. And then, Zach, here is the leaderboard. And this counts tonight, by the way. Randy at the top, Mama Muti at two, uh, Michael at three, Josh Hoyle at four, Lawrence at five, Travis Weber six, Shane Daniels seven, Pete Middleton eight, Andrew Lampy nine, and Gary Leeds Palmer, the legend, at 10. And we will update YouTube tomorrow uh, because we're going to have to factor in everything that happened tonight. So we'll wait till tomorrow. At the very top of the show, we'll let all the YouTube Super Chat superstars know where they stand because we're raffling off the same jersey as well to the top five finishers on Super Chat in the month of October. Plus, we have some special plans to raffle off for each tier. So everyone who contributes, long story short, is in the running for a little something-something. So we thank you guys. And, hey, gut reaction, everyone's a little emotional, including your football priests. Thanks for coming in here with us and sounding off and contributing to the conversation. You guys make us, you know, you, you make us look forward to our evenings four times a week, and especially the gut reaction. So – as Zach said, thank you. Don't forget to go leave us a five-star review on Apple Pods. Very important. And with that, Zach, sign us off. We'll see you guys tomorrow night for the Aftermath Podcast. Take care, guys. And as always, and as hard as it is to say, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.